Hill. You're listening to Over the Oxford Podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I'm absolutely delighted on this episode to welcome someone who I've known for quite a while in different capacities. So I've known Tara because you did some social media for me, didn't you, years and years ago when you were doing that kind of thing. And then Tara trained with me in NLP, hypnosis, timeline therapy. So let me tell you about Tara Best because there's a long list of qualifications and things that she's done and things that she's doing right now. So at the moment, she's a business and mindset coach and she helps both business owners and those in the corporate world to remove what's holding them back so that they can show up really confidently with loads of self-belief to excel in their business, life and career. She's got 10 years experience in the marketing sector and loves to call on this experience when helping her business owning clients. I know that she truly believes in the power of the subconscious, in particular way of thinking about it, which is subconscious plus strategy to create the dream life and business her clients desire. She's also the number one best-selling author of Magnificent Mindset, which is a wonderful book available on Amazon. She hasn't told me about that, but yeah, I'll just get that little plug in for her. A lifelong equestrian, horse and dog mum and owner of a farm shop on her farm in the Cotswolds. Wow. How do you find time for all that? (laughs) I have to make time for all of that. (laughs) (laughs) That must keep you really, really busy. It does, for sure. It's a real juggling act, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I was just on a call with a client a little while ago and basically just said, you know, there is no one size fits all when it comes to building a life and business you love. There's no one size fits all when it comes to success. And I genuinely wouldn't have it any other way. I'd be so bored if I wasn't working all day, every day. And I just love it. And I think that that really helps you kind of prioritize and be super productive and just make sure that you can fit everything in. Absolutely. Do you think that you're a person who thrives on that style of variety rather than saying, right, I'm a business coach or I'm a mindset coach or I'm an author or I run a farm shop? You know, if you had one of those things, do you think you'd get a bit bored? Yeah, 100%. Do you fit time in? I mean, we're going to talk about your business and mindset and so on, but do you manage to get time for your horse because you I know you've got a beautiful horsey yeah he's retired now so he's 21 year old ex-racehorse I've had him eight years now basically the second I went self-employed back in June 2015 the first thing I decided to do was (laughs) find a horse and I found him straight out of a racing yard in West Sussex I got him back to the Cotswolds in the October of 2015. I started retraining, had a great time, did some competitions, went to ex-racehorse camps down at Bicton in Devon and just had such a great time. And I'd say it was probably around 2018. Business was really quite busy and I just realised that I just didn't have the time or perhaps hadn't made the priority to make the time to keep competing him. So I decided then to stop competing him and just kept hacking him and just enjoying him and loving him and having a nice time, which felt really good. And I would say it's probably 
18 months ago now that I just decided to like fully retire him. He's got such an ex-racehorse brain in that he either <laughs> riding every single day or not at all. And I yeah. just found it really hard to commit to the everyday. I mean, he's 21 now. He's still hoolies around the field. And sometimes I'm sat here in my office and I can see him galloping along and I just think, oh my goodness. <laughs> great and has great time. But yeah, that was one of the things kind of had to give. But that yeah. was through my choice because I had so many clients and I love the client work I do so much. So it was definitely a choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like the right choice. And obviously you're still looking after him and mucking out and doing all that kind of stuff oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's beyond belief. So that's the main thing, isn't it? He's happy, happy and healthy. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. Cause I know he's gorgeous. I've seen pictures of him on social media and he, he looks fabulous. So let's let's talk a little bit about how you came to be in mindset. You came from marketing and you went into mindset. What what was the decision to go more towards mindset than marketing? So obviously you used to help with your social media. I think that was around 2017. Oh, was it? Wow. <laughs> I just remember seeing all of these posts that I was creating and like trawling your website. And I was like, this is really interesting. I didn't get it anywhere near it as much as I do now but I just kept like seeing all these stats that were on your website and your blogs and just kept thinking this is quite cool it's quite interesting and didn't at that point think that I would ever be a mindset coach or get to help people with their mindset or even have a book about it I never thought that that would happen but in 2018 it was October 2018 I signed up to a 12-month mastermind with a coach she was based in Los Angeles so I I just assumed that this was all going to be about funnels and strategy and ads and leads and sales and all like those real masculine energy, like doing actions. And the kind of basis of this whole 12 months was mindset. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm not getting into this mindset stuff. Like, it's not for me. This identity I had at the time was that I'm a horsey girl from the Cotswolds. I do a bit of PR and marketing. I didn't see how it's going to help me grow my business, change my life. And I was a little bit hesitant, to be quite honest with you back then. And she told me to get over myself and to start a morning routine. I just remember thinking, I'm not going to sit here meditating. I'm not going to sit here doing this because that's not this identity that I have. She, again, told me to get over myself and just do it. So I did. I did it for about six months. Then I was lucky enough to go to Beverly Hills to a retreat that she was hosting in a $6 million mansion up in the hills. And I was like, well, this is a cool place to be. And again, I thought this whole week would be strategy and the whole week was mindset. And we had some amazing sessions from some guest coaches that she had come in. And this one consistent thing was mindset. They just all kept talking about it. And I remember being on the flight on the way home. I'd flown out there on my own and I'd flown back on my own. I just remember sitting on the, on the, I think it was a Delta plane, thinking there's really something in this. Like I kind of had that feeling with everything that you did years prior And she was so consistent with it, like so consistent with mindset and your beliefs and your emotions and all of these things. So I just remember thinking, okay, I'm going to commit to this a little bit more. And it was then throughout 2019 that I really started to just feel different. It wasn't like, so hard to put it into words. It wasn't like I was really unhappy and then suddenly mindset work made me suddenly be happy. Like I had great clients. I loved where I lived. I loved my life but it just changed the lens in which I saw everything. It was like I see situations differently, handle difficult things differently, how I 
shifted my belief system. It was throughout 2019 that I then actually got in touch with you again and just said, okay, right, this is really starting to create such a big shift and such a big difference. And I was starting to feel so different myself that I really started to get behind it and believe it. And I wanted to then be able to help my clients do that, which is why I then did NLP with with you in November 2019, coming up four years. Gosh, time does fly. I would never have thought it was four years ago. Wow. (laughs) Crazy. But that was such an important, I think, time for me to do that. And honestly, the work has changed my life and my clients' lives. So Mm. forever grateful for all of these little things that have kind of got got me to where I am today. So you were getting these constant nudges, really, weren't you? (laughs) People (laughs) from all different directions, people saying you need to get into mindset. (laughs) (laughs) And it has changed my life. I know that's such a big, bold statement, but it has. (laughs) It's like absolutely changed it. I mean, I mean... I'm sure it's changed you personally, but obviously it's changed the face of your business quite completely. But what what then is mindset to you? What do you think of as mindset? For me, it's being able to handle whatever the day throws at you. It's being able to challenge the thoughts that you have going on every single day. It's being able to recognize the thoughts and beliefs that are really supporting me and helping me get where I want to get. And it's just having like... I always say it's your greatest asset, but it's like having this inner toolkit that just enables you to pull on different techniques and try different things and question things in different ways. So that when you decide that you want to do something and you're like, oh my God, this is such a big thing that I want to do, or it's such a big goal, you know you that you've got all of those things to like in your armor to like help you get there. It's just the most amazing thing. I find it so hard to quantify what it is and how it helps but to me I know that it is my greatest asset 100% it's it's almost like having that inner advisor like the best advisor ever isn't it that you know that can just get you where you want to be yeah one of my favorite sayings is that it can either be your greatest asset or it will be your most destructive and I absolutely believe that to be true as well I think it can it can either cheerlead you or it can be the thing that holds you back and keeps you stuck And I do love listening to a little motivational YouTube video when I'm getting ready in the mornings. And one of them says something that's a little bit morbid, but it says that the graveyard is the wealthiest place on the planet because there's so many people that had these great ideas, but didn't have the belief to back it up. Oh my God, that hit, that hits home, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, that is quite hard hitting. So I know you mentioned to me that you believe in this subconscious plus strategy so first of all what is the subconscious and secondly what's your subconscious plus strategy what's this method that you're using at the moment so I do this with all my clients who are business owners and many of them come to me and they say that they want to generate x amount of sales or they want to launch a new program or they want to put their prices up and I could give them strategies for that all day long And I could say, okay, well, here's 10 different ways to launch on social media and here's 55 different ways to create content. But if they haven't then got the beliefs around what they want to charge or they haven't then got the self-belief and confidence to show up and sell the thing, or if they haven't then got the kind of mental resilience to build what they want to build, it doesn't matter how many strategies they try because they will always be subconsciously blocking something. So for those that are in business, I actually love to do the subconscious work first. So it's really thinking about what they actually want to do or create or achieve, then thinking about what the things are that say that they couldn't actually do that thing. 
clearing any of those beliefs. So if they've got a deep-rooted belief that people like them can't be financially free and successful, well, we need to do some mindset work around that before we even think about showing up. So the subconscious piece is clearing anything that might be holding them back first. And timeline therapy is my favorite go-to of all of the techniques. I I love it. It's my favorite thing. Then we're really going to look at actually how we can almost embody that, that identity of what they desire so that they are believing in themselves, so that they are confident, so that they know that they can manage the fear and imposter syndrome when it raises its head. Yeah. So it's inner work. And then we look at the strategy. So I think doing that inner work first before you even think about the external actions to towards getting that goal is like the most foundational thing. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose a lot of the listeners of this podcast are riders and that's exactly the same. I mean, it's not even just a little bit the same. It's exactly the same blueprint, isn't it, that they could use as well. Yeah. You know, if they want to go up a level in their dressage competitions or jump a little bit higher in the show jumping arena, again, it's got to be that inner work first before you then start practicing. So it works exactly the same way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't really realize that, do they? They don't think they think have a go at the thing in practice and then have a bit of a dabble in mindset. Yeah. <laughs> come across all the blocks, then have another little dabble. It's not it's not the most efficient way, is it? If you if you could go back or if anyone could go back and start their their goal afresh, that isn't the way to do it, is it? No. And actually, you know, there's so much to be said, I think, from taking action and, you know, you build confidence from taking action. But you've always got to look and think, actually, what are those blocks that could hold people back? Because if people have a fundamental fear of jumping a metre 20, because five years ago they had an accident jumping a metre 20, that fear is going to run the show. And actually, it's quite dangerous to then try and jump a metre 20 when fear is so present. Your horse will feel it. So I think it's so important that we just tune into these things. I'll never forget, I had a client a couple of years ago who was desperate for that pivotal 10K month. And when we started doing the subconscious plus strategy framework, she was like, no, no, it's fine. I believe I can do it. I don't need mindset work. I'm like, we'll see about that. We did some subconscious work and actually came up that years prior, she had had like a horrible situation around 10,000 pounds. So she was going to keep subconsciously blocking it. I was like, we need to clear that. We need to heal that. Take away the negative emotion from the memory. The memory's still there, but we'll take away that negative power that the memory has over you so that we can just come at this goal with real clean energy. Then she hit it literally about two months later because we had cleared what was going on in there. But I absolutely believe that had we not had that realization, I could have given her a million strategies, but she would have kept subconsciously blocking it. Because 10K equaled feelings of fear, feelings of guilt, feelings of shame. And your body won't want that. Your mind won't want that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once once you've cleared those things that hold you back, and it, it's very personal, isn't it? What What's holding a certain person back? And like you said, it's not necessarily related to what you want to do right now. Mm. Um, and, and takes a bit of digging to find out what it is. It, like a rider, it may not be to do with equestrianism. A business owner, it may not be to do with business or work. It, it can be something from childhood. Yeah. So how do you find that people respond to doing that kind of work? You know, I mean, you said that client was like, oh, I don't need this mindset kind of rubbish. Uh, <laughs> how do you respond to people when when they're a little bit reticent? They want the strategies. They just want to do it. How do you convince them about the mindset work? 
normally start with something like a visualization so that you're almost just helping them see what's possible through their mind without going straight into something that could be quite emotional and going back to a memory from the past. Yeah. So I love kind of the two kind of um, approaches of mindset is firstly being able to remove what has been holding somebody back, but also then looking at it from the other perspective of using your mind to create what you want to create. So if somebody was a little bit hesitant, I'd invite them to a visualization. And I love doing guided visualizations with my clients so that they can almost just see what's possible in that picture, in that scene of their, like in that screen of their mind so that they can almost think, oh my gosh, well, I just visualized that. That's basically mindset work. It's such a powerful part of using your mind to create what you want to create. And I also actually just make it very clear in social media and my website that I actually work with people who are interested in minds in mindset work. It's a non-negotiable part. And then I know that I attract people that are really interested in it, especially from a, the sort of scientific side as well. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you apply all the the knowledge that you've gained about mindset and the qualifications that you have? How do you apply that to yourself? Ooh, well, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're smiling. When we did the NLP training, there was an exercise we did for the timeline therapy piece, which was writing a future diary entry. And I've still got in my timeline therapy notebook the exact prompts. And I even put a little bit in the top saying, I did this for the farmhouse. And one of the things that I love to do is helping your mind kind of help you hit goals, helping you problem solve, helping you manifest amazing things. And I remember writing out this ideal diary entry scene. At the time, I didn't live where I now do. And there was a farmhouse that I really, really wanted. And it was the other side of the village that I actually lived in. It was the most beautiful little lane. It's got a gorgeous view. And I used to drive past here. I used to ride past here. I used to walk my dog past here and be like, we'll live there one day. We did this timeline therapy exercise, which was a future diary entry. And it blows my mind to this day. But I wrote in this future diary entry that it was December 2020. And I had a lime basil and mandarin candle burning. (laughs) Very specific. (laughs) I did have a lime basil and mandarin candle. I had my lime basil and mandarin candle burning. And I had a glass of champagne. And I was just in this new house. And I described the kitchen. I described how I felt. I just like finished work for the year. And I was so proud. And it had been the best year ever. Like I wrote so much detail. And December 2020 rolls around. And I'm in the exact farmhouse. And what is the weirdest thing with this whole story is that I'm obsessed with Christmas candles. From the 1st of December, my house smells like the winter candle from the White Company. It smells like a cinnamon. <laughs> and I had bought my winter candles online that year in November 2020. A parcel went missing. So in December 2020, I didn't actually have my Christmas candle. I had a lime basil and mandarin candle burning. <laughs> what the hell? It's just so creepy. Like I would normally have in December, the Christmas candle. And I, <laughs> I have my glass of Verflico and I was looking at the view and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I wrote at the NLP training. And it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it, but yeah. I didn't know how, I didn't know the exact steps. I didn't know that we'd be in here by that date. Like we hadn't even applied for the farm at this point. It's a 10 year tenancy that we have. So I had no idea how we would ever get it. And it was it, like everything, everything that I wrote about it came true. And I just love the fact that that was through an exercise 
within timeline therapy, but it's also just using your mind to help you kind of manifest things and create things. What I kind of realized after that as well, when it comes to manifestation and like smashing goals is when you're super clear on what you want to create, whether it's going up a level with your horse or whether it is a business goal, when you're super clear on that and you can feel the feelings and you can close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, like, oh my God, it's happened. And you can feel those feelings. Your mind has this amazing little search engine that's then trying to help you bring those things. It's trying to help you find the clues. It's trying to give you evidence of the things. It's like if you decide you want a a new car. And I remember reading this on your blog years ago. You decide that you want a red Ferrari. So suddenly they're everywhere. And that's because your mind is literally looking for them. So I love what your mind can do in terms of helping you manifest what you want when you don't know the how. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that bit of the mind that flags up. Once you've installed what you want, and it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be anything at all. It doesn't have to be a house or a car or a horse or whatever. It could be a certain stage of life, couldn't it? Or or a certain mindset, a certain way of being. Once yeah. you've told your mind in a specific way that that's what you want, it starts really highlighting to you every time you come across something that's a stepping stone or something that's going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, it's 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 really, really underused, I would say. Yeah, and I will never forget, conscious mind sets the goal, subconscious mind gets the goal. And I always remember that. And I yeah. always just think, right, how can I visualize what I desire? Vision boards have worked really, really well for me as well in terms of just giving myself that kind of reminder every single morning when I do my morning routine. Honestly, your mind is capable of so many things and I feel just so many people don't use it to its full advantage I know I know it's such a shame it's such a shame and you mentioned your book there and and that reminds me of the the morning routines that you know you've been talking about previously on different things that we've done together it it just amazes me that you can set yourself up for the day and it, again, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the day. It could be to do with business. It could be to do with sport. It might just be that you you want a relaxing day and you're not specifically doing anything. Can you tell us a bit more about those morning routines and why they're so important? Yeah. So in your first waking hour, your brainwaves are in the theta state. That is basically the brainwaves that you would have been in for your first seven years. So your mind at that point is absorbing everything. It's acting like a sponge. So if you put a sponge in a bowl of water, it will absorb that water. It's also in a kind of consistency. And I love to describe it as being a bit like Play-Doh. So Play-Doh, you could put it into a ball. You could pull it into a pencil shape. You can make it into a cube. If you're very creative, I'm sure you can make a horse head out of it. That's (laughs) not my strength. I will hold my hands up and admit that. But You can basically do anything with it. And it's in a really moldable consistency. When your brainwaves are in the theta state, they are not analytical. They're just absorbing anything. And they also don't know whether what you're putting in there is true or not. So in that first waking hour, you have a real amazing opportunity to be able to help shift your mindset and to actually really be able to work on the areas that you really want to work on. So let's say you start your day and you want to do really well in a competition with your horse today. 
if you start your day and in that first waking hour, you have positive self-talk, you're believing in yourself and your ability, you're feeling quite confident, you remember your dressage test, and you can give yourself those thoughts and those beliefs in that first waking hour, that's going to have a real strong direction in terms of how your day actually goes. The kind of flip side of this is if you start your day in that first waking hour and you instantly reach for social media, which so many people do, and I think it's a real subconscious habit that people have got into, and you pick up your phone and you see something on there that upsets you or that triggers you or that makes you feel not good enough, again, that's going to set the intention for your whole day ahead. So that first waking hour is such a key time for you to actually think about how you can enhance your mindset build your mindset, build an even more resilient mindset, and really look at the areas of your mindset that you actually want to work on. So if you want to feel like a more confident rider, that's the key time to do it because your mind is literally in the state where you can rewire it. And it's amazing. But I think so many people, and I was guilty of this mindset as well, wake up and need to go out and feed the dog, feed the horse, get on with the day. But actually, I think even spending a couple of minutes on this every single day would be absolutely phenomenal for so many people. It doesn't have to take an hour. It doesn't even have to take 20 minutes, but actually a couple of minutes of really focused thoughts and getting yourself into that place of self-belief and confidence would be absolutely incredible for what it can enable you to do. So I'm thinking about really busy people. Mm-hmm. So they've got busy home lives, they've got partners, they've got kids, they've got dogs, they've got cats, got horses. <laughs> and like you say, most people get up they're doing something, either making breakfast, kettle on, or they're off to the yard, or they're feeding the pets or the kids or something. A lot of people would say about these morning routines that just don't have time. Can you do it, for instance, when you're waiting for the kettle to boil? Can you do it if you're doing something that's so automatic to you, like giving the dog the breakfast? So you're not really thinking about what you're doing and how you're doing it could could you do it then even yeah Yeah. and I love to find little ways and I call this habit stacking if I didn't coin that term I can't remember who did but it's those little things that you do throughout the day making a tea or coffee we do that quite a few times throughout the day I'm sure I'm not the only one or walking your dog or getting in your car and driving somewhere or washing mucking out There's so many times that actually we can still be having these thoughts that are boosting us and building us up. So you don't have to sit down and write pages and pages and meditate and sit there, you know, looking very (laughs) traditional in the meditation pose. There are so many ways that you can still be mindful of your thoughts and you can still be mindful of what you want to achieve and believing in your ability to achieve those things. So it's still thinking about how you spend your thoughts in that first waking hour that's key. Right. Okay. And then topping it up throughout the day, like you say, if you're mucking out, if you're waiting for the kettle to boil, I'm saying kettle to boil because that's me. That, that's when I do these things. But so you can top up during the day afterwards to make sure the mindset is just is set really and yeah. is, is in a good place. Yeah. And just keep checking in with it as well. One of the things that kind of comes up a lot with a lot of my clients is they'll do their morning routine in the morning. And it might only be that they've only done it for a few minutes. Then they get in the car and do the school run and then they rush to a meeting and suddenly they feel like that work has been undone. And it hasn't been undone at all. It's actually really helped them prepare for the day. But actually, sometimes maybe they just need a little reset. And sometimes that reset can just be like, okay, 
and shake off the energy from this morning and shake off the energy of the stressful school run and getting held up in traffic. And it's almost just letting them let go of those thoughts that don't serve and support them. But when we actually think about working on our minds, and I feel like I'm preaching to the converted here, but when, when we think about working on our minds, it's it's helping us start to shift our focus. So let's say in that first waking hour, you are making your, your cup of tea and the kettle's boiling. And I don't know how long the average kettle takes to boil, but let's say it's 20 seconds. In that 20 seconds, you could be stood on your phone scrolling, or you could find five things to be grateful for, which sounds like such a simple task. But in your mind, you have got a very amazing, but slightly complex filtering system. And your mind will basically be given whatever thoughts you're thinking and feeling about. So if you can get yourself into a place of thinking, right, my kettle's boiling, what five things am I grateful for this morning? Well, I'm grateful it's not raining, because that's always a bonus when you have horses. I'm grateful for a nice sleep. I'm grateful for the kettle that's boiling and the electricity that enables me to have my caffeinated beverage. And you can just think of a few small things to be grateful for. That's then going to start to shift your focus. So your mind starts to look for more things to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Super. It's mind-blowing. Literally mind-blowing. It's (laughs) There's such small things that I think a lot of people feel that they're not big enough. They're not big, chunky tasks. So they're not going to make much difference. But I promise you, if you were to start every single day with five five things you're grateful for, in a month's time, you will start to have a more positive outlook on life because your mind is looking for more things to be grateful for. So there's so many little things that we can do to just shift how we see the world. So would you advocate with the business owners, the riders, whoever it is, would you advocate doing a little bit every day rather than thinking, right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do half an hour of mindset or an hour of mindset? It's got to fit in with your life. And I don't even do half an hour of mindset work every morning, to be quite honest, because again, it's got to fit in with my life. Got 100 cows, horse, dog, farm shop, everything. So I get that it's got to fit in. And I think you're much better to build that habit in consistently and actually think about just having like a little tick chart so you can mark it and that you've done it every day, that you've done your five gratitudes. So I think it's much better that you can build something consistently. So it's the consistency that's then going to really build the build the change. You don't have to do it for half an hour. No way. <laughs> that's good. Good news. <laughs> a little bit often, uh, frequently, and just fitting it in, like you say, with what you what you're doing anyway. What, yeah. You know, not not necessarily making time for something new as you yeah. start your journey. I suppose. There's so many things as well, like when you're riding, when you're driving, if you have a dog, when you're out walking your dog, actually you could be thinking about the goal that you do have. Like walk along and imagine you would just hit that goal. How would you feel walking your dog if you had just, I don't know, completed an advanced medium dressage test that morning? Like you'd walk with an air of confidence. Or if you had just jumped double clear around a like a really testing cross-country track, like you would walk with a different level of confidence. When you're mucking out, if everything had worked out really well for you, you'd have a bit of a chip, a little, like it's in your step, wouldn't you? There's so many mundane, like repetitive tasks that we all do every single day anyway, that are times that you can almost just get yourself into the vibe and the being of, oh, I've just hit the goal. I've just done the thing. And how would that feel? And you're like, oh, it feels quite good. And just (laughs) going about your day in that way, that's going to start to kind of shift your physiology as well. 
Absolutely. And then you're thinking, it starts to become habitual, doesn't it? That rather than putting it on and thinking, how would I feel if such and such had happened? It starts to become how you feel all the time. Yeah. I love to, honestly, when I walk my dog, Kiwi, at lunchtime, I just walk around like tiny little village, tiny little quiet lane. And I just walk around like everything has worked out in life. Like, how would I walk if everything had worked out? Like everything. And I'd walk along and I'd be super cheery and I'd see the post lady. I'd be like, morning. (laughs) And just be in a completely different energy. And I just walk Kiwi like that. And I think people see me walking around the village, smiling and strutting along and think, Christ, what's she on? But I'm just getting myself into that place of self-belief and confidence oh living like it's already happened because it's such a powerful thing and when you act as if it's already happened and you walk as if you're the confident one and you visualize and you imagine that you've hit the goal your brain doesn't know whether you actually have or not it just assumes that you've done it and when you've done something once it's so much easier to do it again so you visualize that you've done something or you walk your dog and you're like yes I did that thing and your brain's like yay we've done it we've done the thing and it's going to find it so much easier to do it again. So it also like helps you with self-belief and confidence. Oh, I do love your mind. It's so fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tara, it's so lovely to talk to you. Your positivity is so infectious. It's so wonderful. Thank you so much. I just have a couple more things to ask you about. You have been really, really kind and said that there's a little freebie for the listeners of the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that three-part training series? Yes. So I actually developed this primarily with business owners in mind, but also for people who have an employed job. Maybe they're wanting a pay rise. Maybe they're wanting to have a promotion. And it's basically helping you look at earning more money in whatever context, context that looks like, but really thinking about it from the subconscious perspective. So firstly, it's thinking about what you actually really want to create, you know, what you want to manifest, what more abundance you want to bring into your life. There's parts in there where we're actually doing some exercises to remove what's been holding you back. So if you recognize that some of your beliefs came from your childhood or from a grandparent, then there's some techniques in there to remove the hold that that belief has over you. We're not pointing the finger or we're not blaming anybody. We're just removing the hold that something has over you. And then there's some techniques in there as well about actually helping you feel more abundant and getting into the energy of having more abundance. And then there's some bonus PDFs in there as well to help you track all of these things. But again, it really helps you clear whatever's been holding you back and then get yourself into the mindset and the belief of having more. Super, super duper. I'm going to definitely dip into that. I will put the link in the description so everyone can get access. Thank you so much. That is really lovely. Now, if people want to find out more about what you do and they want to contact you, where are you on the internet and on socials? Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. I'm Tara Best Coaching on Instagram. Website is tarabest.com. I'm sure your listeners already absolutely know and love about mindset but if you're wanting to kind of see it from a my kind of perspective in terms of starting your day the right way my book magnificent mindset is on amazon as tracy so kindly said at the beginning (laughs) so we can access everything and look at your book and we can get onto the course and we can visit you on insta and you do lots of lives don't you and things like that and videos and helpful tips and tricks so uh, it's well worth following tara Mm -hmm. okay 
thank you so much. I have really enjoyed our chat. It's been lovely to catch up. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I will see you again really soon. Thank you.